Wagwan people, my name is Jeffrey, aka Jafofo, and yes, I do have an aka. And you are welcome to another episode of Four Guys Go Off the Rails podcast. This is the part two of the mental health discussion. If you haven't listened to part one, please do so so you don't get lost in the conversation. So, without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. As usual, y'all be safe, and please don't forget to rate, review, and share. Peace. wanted to throw a question back to you because I think the general consensus is it's hard to open up. Mm-hmm. I understand like there's a preconceived notion that especially I put it beautifully like if you see a mad person in Nigeria he's not particularly mad he's suffering from mental illness mm-hmm. so I think there's an idea or a belief that unless you are <laughs> accepted into Arkham Asylum <laughs> and if you don't know what Arkham Asylum is <laughs> you don't even deserve to know <laughs> <laughs> sorry but like once you are accepted into Arkham Asylum before people actually can ah, take see. you seriously yeah. mm-hmm. and take also you. another question I want to throw out there is because Shola said your dad noticed some things in you that he went through in his life yeah. so my question was, the first one is why do you think it's hard and second one is mental illnesses do you think it's inherited and if it's mm. inherited it boils back to the first question why isn't it talked about because mm. in the family that has cancer or diabetes yeah. from mm-hmm. the jump my grandmother had diabetes that mm-hmm. rest piece of her soul she died from diabetes so you know. my father told me that diabetes is the household almost every so okay i have a response but for me this is like a very good question because i'll say like i Thank God, because my family, yeah. they are very, very good. I'll say, <laughs> my dad, his uncles, extremely super understanding. They've tried, and I made it difficult. <laughs> and I still do. <laughs> so, I just want to say a big shout out to all the Jagedes, the men, the women, people are angels from heaven. But I also think that for them, because my dad was, we were talking about it, and he was talking about how they could only articulate the problems now mm. looking back yeah. right mm. because like i remember one of my uncles he was telling me that he thinks he had like some like add yeah. up because it's the person that just always fights in or always breaking shit <laughs> <laughs> always, and he's like i don't know i like it's like my grandfather had a radio right and my uncle saw the radio and said want to see if there's a tiny man inside that radio. <laughs> <laughs> so he smashed it. So he, he, no, he, he removed it methodically. He became okay, an engineer. Okay, okay, that's fine. <laughs> methodically. My grandfather beat the shit out of him. Yeah, of course. My grandfather. Wait, I'm sorry. Did you, did you meet your grandfather? Yeah, I did. Well, this is yeah. your story, man. I love your grandfather. <laughs> I have met him. My grandfather beat the shit out of But then my uncle was not saying that. Then, so, but now today, it's like they found ways to in spite they succeeded right yeah mm-hmm. in spite of everything they still were able to do things that other nigerians would be very proud of at the time right and so now i look at it like the truth is that we have fewer tools to cope as as the way we grew up especially if you're like in nigeria then you move to another country mm-hmm. the stress of moving to another country before before you're a fully formed adult yeah. is a lot of stress yeah. so it, it is now like you have your mental coping social media so mm. it for me like the family thing is like i i had to study my family members right and i have i was blessed enough that i grew up in nigeria and i came to america and saw Basically, my dad's have a family who have lived in America for a long time. And I studied both sides. And then I was now able to understand myself better. Mm. Right? So I went to some of my cousins now talk about some my, my younger cousins talk about stuff. I'm like, oh, okay. I see this in my cousins. I see this in my brother. I see my cousins in this part of Nigeria. I see this in my cousins in this part of America. Oh, this is the thing, guys. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a, it's a thing. Bingo, bongo. And then this is how you need to just manage the thing but like i was saying everybody were animals right mm. so you just have to know what your species is yeah right so so, so i would like to say something um that you brought about say before i forget another thing we need to talk about and we will still answer your question i just want to put this out there so we don't forget to talk about it you said about how your uncle thinks he had add growing up mm-hmm. we need to talk about the stigma behind learning disabilities in yeah, our community yeah. 
there's no you, you could have ADHD, you could have ADD, you could be um, you could have Asperger's, dyslexia, anything. They just beat you. Yeah. yeah. That is terrible. Yeah. So I, I just want we'll, we'll, we'll circle based back with, to that. Based on what you said, have you met <coughs> have you met an Nigerian with dyslexia? I think so. I don't know. And that, and that, that's and that, the point. That's the point. <laughs> Are you really seriously telling me that dyslexia that seems to be such a big thing everywhere America, else, everywhere else, just doesn't, doesn't exist, exist in Nigeria? In Nigeria. Yeah. Because learning disabilities are solved. By beating people, by beating kids, yeah. without trying to understand why they are experiencing learning disabilities or why they're experiencing issues in learning, right? It's like, yeah, I'm not serious. You don't want to face your mm-hmm. chop slap, and yeah. that's terrible, right? But to go back to what Jeffrey said, um, it's two parts that I think about it. So if I want to, I think I'll talk about the later part of, what, of your question, right? The um, are we is it, is mental health hereditary? I think. Typically, it is so. mostly because while there's like biological factors, I'm not um, educated enough in that field to want to talk about the biological factors that help um, that are that play a part in uh, mental health being hereditary. However, I think societally, and that one is what I can talk about. Society that you're in affects you in a similar way. Now, mm-hmm. if you think about the fact that your parents grew up in that same society, and then and I, when I mean society, I don't even just mean like the country as, as a whole. I mean like the kind of environment that they were brought up in with their parents and everything kind of translates to how they raise their kids, mm-hmm. right? So they're going to go through certain things that they're going to find a way to be convinced of that it's healthy parenting. Yeah. And then they're going to pass that down to you. And then some of those things that fuck them up are going to fuck you up. And because it's like, oh, they succeeded in spite of it. And that's the thing that you said that I really want to touch on that like... Specifically, Nigerians, our whole life is just wrapped around succeeding in spite of problems, mm. in spite of how we're raised, in spite mm-hmm. of the society that we grew up in, in spite of how the country is run, in spite of it's. Which is why we, I think, we romanticize suffering we so do. much. Like it's ingrained in us so much really that do. if you didn't, it's like that thing that they said. Oh, um, that, that thing pisses me off. And every time I see it, I want to knock somebody. The bicycle thing. The bicycle thing where they're like. Um, <laughs> A man who drives his father's car should not speak in the council of men who own bicycles. I'm like, look, I don't need to speak there. What am I doing mm-hmm. for people? Yeah, please. Bro, hold on. <laughs> Just, before, you go, before you go, this, this, I want to say something about this point before you move on. It's so bad that it is so materialized in Nigerians yeah. to, to, to romanticize struggle that they actively hate people. Yeah. So my friend asked me, why do people he was copy posted something and he was uh, like she did it she has a radio show on, on apple and it's a very good radio show and he was like hmm this girl is actually doing good why do we hate her so much dj father, copy father money, and he was, i told him the reason people hate her so much is because she was born into that's wealth. it yeah she, because of, she, i think i they, think a lot of people yeah. hate her because she was born into wealth and mm-hmm. the romanticized suffering but also she does do something she can be annoying things, but i don't think it's enough she doesn't really enough. do enough cringy things for people to yeah. for the kind of outrage yeah. that she gets yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not very good. She does do some but, cringy things, yeah, but, but I think but they now they take the they hate her because she's, she's wealthy. And but then they take the cringy money. things that she does, and they're like, "Aha, you see what we said?" Yeah. But it's like, no, you're blowing this thing out of proportion. Right? <laughs> 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 you're blowing this thing out of proportion, right? Yeah, but so back to that initial yeah. point, right? Like the society that you're raising does contribute, and if you think about the fact that your parents are raising those same conditions or in similar conditions a lot of the time, mostly because that's what they're they're transferring over to you, you can see. Um, some aspect as to why it's transferred from generation to generation because I saw some things in my parents that now I look back on and I'm like these are like some mental health issues that right. you may that might be tiny things but like they didn't think about but I'm mm-hmm. like this isn't just like normal behavior mm-hmm. let me give you an example um, I try to control myself more now but I'm very fidgety right mm-hmm. and even though I won't go to a hospital and be diagnosed a lot of the symptoms I exhibit are in line with like ADHD Right, and I'm so uh, this was like two, like I left Nigeria, like two watch night services before I left Nigeria. Shall like wine <laughs> church? And I'm sitting beside my dad now. That's this particular. Usually we go as a family, but get as the be. So my mom came later because she was busy you know, doing a bunch of things that night. So she came, she was cooking or something and she didn't want to cook the next morning or some stuff like that. So she came later. I think she came with my sister, 
something happened. Okay, I think my mom went first, and my dad was like, I'm tired, I'll come later. Right? But because of the way our family kind of is, if one person is going later, I always used to stay. So, like, if it's my dad that's going, and you, typically it's my dad, I'll stay to drive my mom to church. Right? But it was my mom that was leaving first, and I was just like, no, nah, I'll just wait for Popsy. When he's going, I'll go with him. Just because growing up in my family, I saw like there was a weird dynamic where I felt like I felt the need to bridge the gap between my parents or just in my family in, 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 in as a whole because I used to see a lot of things happen where Momsi is going to church, everybody runs to Momsi and then Popsy would be alone, and it kind of used to cause like kind of friction. So if one person is going and everybody's going there, I would deliberately just be like, "Now nah, I want to go to church with Aji." Or like, ah, I want to go to church with Momsi today. Do you know what I like? I would, yeah. I would, I just used to do that personally. So my father was going to church with I was like, you know, I'll wait when he's coming to church. I'll come with him. So we get to church, right? And we're sitting beside each other. But just kind of like everybody's sitting around each other. But I'm sitting beside my, my dad, and I'm bouncing like my left leg, that I like I always do when I'm sitting down. And my father is sitting down, bouncing his left leg too, <laughs> yeah. in the same fashion. And I hear one lady beside, like two seats beside me. Kind of just whispered to the guy that was inside. I was like, "It's like the different father and son. See how they are. <laughs> like, like, like we were so like you could yeah, see us. Be, it was like we're doing the exact same thing. He was sitting the exact same way I was sitting, and his legs, were, his legs were moving the way I was moving. Like, you could tell that like this is like just one generation down. Like they are the exact same person, one generation down, right? And when she said it, I heard. Yeah. And at first it was like, it's like what are you doing? But then it was also like. Oh, that's funny, right? But as I think about it, and I realize that a lot of the things that I do are from my father. Mm-hmm. But a lot of those things in general are not normal. Things. A lot of those things are learned behaviors that yeah. they learn from the situation I do. So I start to see a lot of things in my parents. I start to see a lot of times when my mother was unhappy, she would chalk it up to stress. And I think back, like, maybe there's a little more than stress yeah. that's going on with you right now, right? And, but then to the second part as to why it's difficult to share. I think it's difficult to share because onus on mental health is a very difficult thing to establish. Like where mm. does the, is it my responsibility to go out there and go and look for healing for my mental health because I need a safe space mm-hmm. to be able to communicate. But then also, where is that safe space going to come from? Is it my friends and family? Like, is it their job to create a safe space mm-hmm for me to come and share my mental health issues because do they really know what is going on in my head or even do they even really know what I would consider as a safe enough space for me to be able to share what I'm feeling, yeah. Yeah. right? So the onus is very, on, on mental health is a very convoluted thing. It's hard to know how to address it. So me, I don't want to share what I'm going through because I don't feel like the space is like, I feel like if I say these things, I'll be judged. I'll be looked at differently. If I, at best, you look at me with pity. Maybe yeah. that's not what I'm looking for, right? Yeah. I don't know how to... I don't feel like this is a safe enough environment for me to be able to just share what I'm going through. But then at the same time, I obviously need to find someone to talk to. And if I just did my own corner, I'd be stupid by myself. Like, I'm I'm the one suffering from this thing, right? Mm-hmm. But then my family members are looking at me like, ah, this guy, okay. You know, are they supposed to... They feel like, if not your family and friends, to be honest, they feel like, like I'm your guy, like, you can tell me whatever, but like, can I really tell you like whatever? Yeah. You know, like, like, are you going to make sweeping statements where it's like in your and I, I get it a lot. Of, even me, like, I can make that mistake in a bit to make you not feel like I, I'm pitying you, or to make you not feel like I'm judging you in a certain way. To make you feel like, oh no, like I accept you. I'll still make sweeping statements like I'm on a so live day, man. But like you're sharing something that yeah. like yeah. is really concrete to you, so it's hard to kind of navigate. Which is why it's always best to talk to a professional and all that, but that they're expensive too, <laughs> right? So. Mm-hmm. It's always very and honestly, even some professionals. Because I heard I had a, a friend talk to me about, I don't. She felt um, okay enough to share with me her therapy session with a therapist, right? And she said something to me, and I was like, "What therapist did? I didn't go to school for this thing. I didn't study to, but it just sounded odd and off. Poor. Like even professionals, there I are still people. They, they're still people. They don't always get it right. So it's it's yeah. very difficult to kind of figure out where, like, how do you share this? Is this a safe space to share it? Am I creating a safe space for my friends to be able to share it? Mm. All of those, man. And man, we I also hope, need more black. Guys. I hope my friends always know that they can come to me if you ever need. I mean, I don't know. I'm 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 dumb. I don't know what the answer is, but yeah. like, so, for the most part, man, I try. Yeah. You wanna go first, though? Yeah, go. Okay. Um, 
on the question of why is it hard, another thing I would like to say, especially in our community, no, not even not even just mental health. If if your mom or your dad is like sick, what do they say? Like, how do they express it to you? Maybe it's just me. If they're sick, it's, it's tied in religion, kind of. Oh, I'm, I'm strong. I'm strong. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying that's wrong, but there's a way we don't address. Yeah. Things. And that's just regular illnesses. You don't want to say I'm sick. You don't want to say I'm not feeling well. Words of the mouth. Yeah, like which I can understand, but at the same time, it now kind of ties back yeah, into denial. There's a lot of denial. Yeah. Yeah. In our community, you know, we just sweep it under the rug and let it, you know, sit and stew, whatever. So for me, I think that is kind of even like the first barrier yeah. of wall to cross before you can even all seek help you have to yeah. first accept that you need help yeah yeah, yeah. that's true that's very difficult so yeah, yeah that, that's really how i think it goes yeah and i think like jeff sorry well, like over was saying the onus where's the onus of healing on mm. i believe the onus on healing is on the individual right it doesn't feel fair but you know if you know if your arm is broken or popped. You're so popped. <laughs> <laughs> I was really nigga. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, no, but I was going to say, if you have... That's how we offer therapy here. <laughs> you can, you can, the, onus is not, the onus is on the doctor because the doctor has the training. But yeah. with the mind, is like... A doctor knows your body better than you, kind of. Yeah. But you are the only person who knows your mind the way as... like. The people may know so about fair, you, you may not know your mind. Most you may not, you may not, but you're the only person who can be who? there. You're the only person that can become an expert on your mind, or maybe, maybe a spouse, yeah. or maybe a family member. But when I say the onus is on you, is that when you have issues that are unaddressed, especially like when there may be a traumatic thing that happens, right, and then you may cope through it, and maybe yeah. the initial the symptoms that were really causing outside problem have gone, but the ones that inside will they will always fester and is and it's just like and when you don't deal with it until a trigger situation comes right yeah. it may be you have a kid and then you now start doing that same thing your pursuit okay. is doing to you start doing that to your son right and then you don't know that you're going to behave this way so that's why i think it's very important to um find healing because like yeah. it's social responsibility but i've been thinking recently like how do you how do you find that how do you like what what does healing look like and I was talking to my mom. My mom is a pastor, right? And so my mom is her own is always first deliverance, right? And when we were kids, like, she used to try and do deliverance. It used to annoy me, and it annoys my dad too. Like we can't stand it. <laughs> it's like I actually I say it used to it still annoys me, uh, because for me it 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 feels like a lazy approach, religious cop out mm. feel because it's, it's almost like I don't want to hear what you're saying mm-hmm. they just talk to God God yeah. to and, and the truth is that sometimes deliverance works but but you have to really understand the problem but then she now explained it to me and you, you she she had a point is that when there's healing that needs to be done you have to do healing spiritual and body so she gave an example of prostitutes right my mom she has a rehabilitation thing for program for like mm. prostitutes that want to go off the street and she was saying that a lot of times they'll bring the girls they'll pray for them right and then they will you know if they maybe even if they've been raped or something they'll counsel them and all that but then for a lot of them they don't teach them new skills so they don't have new skills and then i'm like i gotta eat and then they go right back so the healing always has to be total total yeah, yeah. so most times we heal the parts that are external, right? We may find a way to cope. We yeah. heal the parts that is disturbing us the most. If it's like, oh, it was affecting school, like for me, it was affecting school. So then, for me, I did a bad coping mechanism and I went to grad school. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make sense. But here's how it makes sense. In school, I had a bunch of classes that were... I had two problems in school. I couldn't focus and I couldn't... Um, I got bored easily. Mm-hmm. But what I found helped is that when I took difficult classes in things I was good at, I always did well. It would just be like I took, I'll take classes with the smartest students. And there was one class that really helped me understand this. And I was doing a really hundreds in the class, hundreds. And it's the hardest class, maybe top three hardest classes in our, in our program, right? And so I was like, oh, I'm not dumb. Yeah. I just can't focus. And these things are not in my realm of strength. 
right? So I just brute force my way through mechanical engineering. So what I thought was, if I go to grad school, I can pick all the things in my strike, but apparently mechanical engineering is not my strike. <laughs> <laughs> so I brute force my way through grad school too, but um, I didn't address the problem. And the problem yeah. was that I cannot focus because, because like for me, I'm talking about body house and all the stuff that happened. When bad things happen to you, a lot of times the problem is that you become like you were saying you wish you were 16 again or you wish life goes back to 16 there are all these symptoms of things like one and i've read a lot of books about depression one of the symptoms is that you're always like when you feel depressed you always start looking back like you're mining your childhood for happiness right yeah. that's like step number one or do you think start going back to your childhood times you're happy and you mine it for happiness over and over and over again and because that happens what happens is that you become emotionally stuck yeah. at mm-hmm. the age of when the trauma happened it's funny you said that because i think i yeah. i've never experienced that here's why i mm-hmm. i don't like to tell to talk about like me being depressed for some reason for mostly because i haven't ever been clinically diagnosed mm-hmm. but if if i mean if you want to google and want to do all the things that like people do and everything i've manifested depression right mm-hmm when i think about a healthy time i always think to the future like oh when all this is sorted out i never think about it because i've never not been depressed for as long as i've been alive mm. so there's never mm. there's never a good time to think back to yeah, yeah. Mm. right so it's, it's funny because i was just like i was thinking about that and i was just like for me it's always been the opposite i've always just thought when, I was, in, when I was in secondary school it was always you know let me just yeah that was in. that was yeah. it for and me then when i got to uni get the fuck it was, out of here let me graduate let me, exactly when i graduated and life was crazy but i was living in my parents house it was like let me get move up, going to grad school yeah, and yeah. i went to grad school and oh my god grad school gave me blues <laughs> and, and it was like i'm done with this i'll get a job i'll work i'll move into my own apartment and, yeah, and I've, I've moved into my own apartment i'm working Stress. i graduated grad masters and everything and i'm it's not it's not any better if i'm being honest and yeah. it's, it's always about that balance like the healing has to be it has to be total and that's what i'm like learning now so for me when i realized the root cause of most of it because as the first thing happens and then you don't heal it you just be injuring yourself yeah along the way yeah. so like jeff will say like for me to have like huge i have huge problems falling asleep it is it is like i tell people because when i was an undergrad i'll just stay up and watch netflix right but then i'll try to sleep some days i'll just no netflix i'll put my phone somewhere else and i'll sit in bed and i've done this experiment many times and i'll just look at the ceiling yeah. and i'll close my eyes and i'll close my eyes for three, four hours, hours. And, sleep? and I'm not sleeping, and I'm, my yeah. mind is just That's racing. Crazy. My mind is just racing, and I'm like, yeah. I'm so thankful. So I was like, oh, mind. okay, maybe my imagination is too active. I was like, wait, no, sleep. You're supposed to feel tired. This they is not normal. They eventually get up after twelve. Like, oh wow, I thought I was sleeping. Like, fuck. Like, I, nah. just, do you know? Do you know what's crazy? Uh, that like. There's, there's people who know like there, there are a few people who know but m- most of them are like exes or whatever who know I, like my issues with sleeping right now i go to bed on my sleep man but now it's because i've I had to force and train myself it was yeah. so crazy like i used to i used to I, even till now like jeffrey's always like this guy how do you sleep with noise like i'm always playing music always like yeah, tv's always because i do that if i turn everything off yeah. Eh? Silence. Like, like, that's one everything. My, problem. <laughs> my brain. You can't. You can't even sit down because like yeah, the bass goes that's keeping me up most nights. <laughs> Silence. Silence is deafening. Yeah. If if yes. I turn everything off, I'm unable to. My yeah, mind. Just, just... My mind kicks into into extra gear and it's going yeah. back and forth. Right. So, for the most part of my life, I used to sleep like three hours a night max. Damn. Max. I sleep by three a.m. I'm oh, blessed. By six. So, I'm so and, thankful to God. So all these things. So like we're saying, total healing. The thing is that if you don't sleep, lack of sleep is like it's terrible. even if you are the most mentally healthy, least that you experience no trauma. If you do not sleep, you will start to feel and act crazy. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you don't sleep. Then diet is one. Mm-hmm. You know, like then you will now start manifesting these things in your personal relationships. Right. That they were not problems before, but because of the trauma, they'll start becoming problems. Yeah. So how do you heal? For me, that's like a it's like a thesis now. This mm-hmm. is what I think about a lot now. It's like how does healing happen for each person? At least, and I'm thinking for myself because I'm like I've reached one point where I'm like, okay, I've identified the main problem, and now that I can remove the main problem from I can identify the main problem. I can identify the, the kind of like the the craters where or the bullet holes where the problem cause other problems in my life mm. so it, it's very like it's, it's such a difficult work to do but it's a personal level you have to go through 
and I said the onus is on you because mm. if you other people may help you, right? You can pray and you should pray. Maybe actually you should pray. No, you maybe. should. You should you definitely should. pray because the spiritual healing that like sometimes like I think about the problem and I think about how other people have problem. Like it's only God that can heal a person from this because this thing is like is now too ingrained and I I cannot for me right marriage is something that I know I cannot be married and put a partner or my children through yeah. like through anything because I'm like I, I just cannot do that to somebody else mm. yeah. so it's I don't know okay. yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Tough. it's um, tough I want to go back to the question because I feel definitely I feel a mental, mental illness can definitely be inherited because mm. when I was going through a couple of stuff for this topic it was pretty sad but you could see a lot of kids between the age of from 9 to 16 committing suicide Mm. Why? Because they had depression. Mm. Their parents didn't spot it early enough. Then by the time you interview these parents, you see the parents saying they too went through the same thing. So they thought it was normal. Age. So they thought it was normal mm, and they, yeah. they didn't do anything. Address it. Mm. So now your kids are dead and rest your soul. Exactly. It's different. And I think it boils down to why people don't talk about this is one, like Rachel said, nobody wants to look at you like you're crazy. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to be talking about you in private. And another thing I think is people generally don't know how to mm-hmm. talk about this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It boils down to what old said society. I mean, parents pass down to kids what their parents have passed to them. And it's just a chain, to be honest. And mm-hmm. if nobody can address this early enough, at what point in time do we say this is good or this is bad? At what point in time do we address this? Mm-hmm. Then another thing I think, another reason I think is generally from an African home, shall I say this so eloquently, church. Mm. But my question is, <laughs> how can you pray away schizophrenia mm. or things like that? People yeah. just believe with time things will get better or go to church, you deliver yourself, and eventually one day it just disappear. Yeah, but it's it's and, it's and maybe maybe not. But <laughs> like I've seen, I've I've heard a testimony from somebody. He's he's the one that said it. Right? Don't, and go, I, don't go to me. Well, <laughs> yeah. I went on like a youth youth church thing when I was in Maryland and oh, fellowship. in the US yeah okay and so the guy who was on the bus with me said when I was going here I had schizophrenia as I was on the bus here I was talking to somebody else and he's like he sees he sees things like he'll see he knows that they're not real so he'll like if he's in the room with other people he'll see like maybe the chairs on fire yeah. and he knows the chairs not on fire and he's trying to ignore it but he, so that's, that was what he was going through. And then he said what that. Like hallucination or something? Yeah, yeah. like hallucination. He, he hears and sees things, right? And so he now said after he, after the thing was over that he didn't see that anymore, right? Mm-hmm. And from the Christian perspective of healing is that everything that you manifest, sickness, anything, is spiritual yeah. first, right? Yeah. So yeah, definitely. when they say, okay, somebody's schizophrenic, right? In Jesus' time, as I said, he was demon-possessed. Yes. So... It's spiritual first, right? I believe so too, and absolutely. I, I don't understand exactly the nature of the spirit world, so I don't I can't explain to you how only only anger can only avatar yeah. So I don't understand the spirit world, so I, I can't really talk in detail about how like okay you may just be a little depressed sometimes. Is that like a small spirit? Is that a big spirit? You know, I don't, I don't understand how, or like, you know, some people have like a tendency, you know, and they, they manage their depression also. They are managing, they are managing the spirit. I can't tell you that. But I know that the way he's explaining it, at least in Christianity, is that there's a spiritual thing. Then, when the spirit leaves, like, I just explained this, like, when you cast out a demon, you have to arrange the house so that more demons will come. Yeah. Because, and I think the for me, the way I understood this is that even if you go to church and the thing may be loosed spiritually, right? But then you now have to now replace the bad habit with good habits. Maybe yeah. the person may still be depressed or have a tendency towards depression, but then you now have to create good habits, which is why I think that whole holistic idea but yeah. sometimes it's like we've gone to church you well now yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> throw yeah. back in the deep end back in the same it, stress it's, it's like, like <laughs> it's like the 12 step program for like alcoholics right yeah. like no one just says oh, yeah stop drinking mm-hmm. and then like there's there's actually a step to follow yeah. to make sure that you don't fall back into exactly. alcoholism and then imagine now like in Nigeria it's almost like you almost go through the 12 steps and then the, the 12 steps is now, like, okay now I'm going to continue verbally abusing you like ah <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Why how did we get back here? Oh my god. What kind of crazy roller coaster is this? 
So <laughs> you have to, you have to always yeah. kind of think about it like that. I have a couple because random, just random remarks. Uh, this is how my mind works. When you said um, something about looking back at a, a better time. Mm-hmm. It, a lyric just popped in my head. It's um. Drake. I was like, what is that? Yeah, it's One Republic. It's, it's a One Republic okay. song, and it's like I refuse to look back, thinking days were better just because they are younger days. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was Freak. just like, <laughs> 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 and I listened to it's called Kids by One Republic. It's a really yeah. good song, and I was like, damn, you know. Yeah. And it's and like, I think. Yeah. It's I want to say something. So Rachel said something about talking to um, professional. <laughs> Or somebody you don't know. I want to. Yeah. I want to address that. I think it really. It's really subjective. Yeah. Because absolutely. During it's funny because I've said it before in the last part that my parents actually separated and they've been separated for what like ten years now, wow. a decade. So, but yeah, moving on. Um, <laughs> it's funny because my some of my best mates in college or university back in my age, they came from single parents home. Okay. Yeah. So it was funny. It wasn't planned. It was just one day. We're all just chilling like this, and, and you just realized that. Remember that text you showed I, me. Which one? Um, I showed you many yeah, texts. No, there was this one that it took me a while because he caught me off guard. The text was like, bro, how's your mental? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the guy replied like, bro. Be, be bro. bro. And the guy was yeah, like, yeah, how's like, yours? I get like, you. It's like, how's yours? Man. Like, man. Like, and then the caption was, a lot was said here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. It was that kind of vibe. Me, I don't want to mention their names, but my like three of them were there. And I just said something about my parents because I was like, fuck it. And my girl was like, yeah, me too, man. Like, me too, man. My, my other girl was like, no light but he's late so it's only his mom mm-hmm. so i found a circle of friends that i could actually vent to mm-hmm. and i think it's it's you guys should um, circle yourself with people that will make you better don't circle because i remember there was a situation back in 2008 i just finished shit i gave dates <laughs> I just finished something. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> it could be kindergarten. I know what he finished. And slide into my DMs. Because I finished it too. Moving on, moving on. I was meant to go to. I was getting into college then. Obviously, the whole everybody was trying. I'm going to Jan. I'm going to Yankee. I'm going to Canada. So, me I already had my admissions to Jan. I had my admissions to Canada. I didn't even buy, you know, um, Convenant or Babcock or any private university. It was what's that jam? bad. What's that? What's it? Jam? What, what, but I still did jam based on. No But no. unfortunately, my folks' investment fell through, and my dad called me to one time like, "Yo, if you want to go, you can sponsor me, you can get a loan, but you need to understand that I have a baby brother. It's gonna be hard for him to go to school." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Okay, you know what? Fuck it. I took the L." So I ended mm-hmm. up staying home for like I was at home for like eighteen months, yo, no cap. But in between that whole eighteen months, I had some of my best mates already in college or university. They came. Our house was is so big. We used to play four by four soccer in front of our yard conveniently. No man, no. So, <laughs> so my guys, my guys would come before before they went to uni. They would come, would play. I'll buy it on me. We'll play FIFA. We'll chill. So like a couple of months in, my guys came again. They pulled up. Ah, guy, how you doing? How you coping? Saying, ah, me, I play Nico. I did, man. Nothing to do. I don't play FIFA. Indomie and stuff. So there was one of the man there. Yeah, you're a bastard. You're a bastard. I'm, they said forgive, but every time I look back, that's the only person I remember. Time to play football. They're like, nah, man, I can't, I can't fuck up my feet, make it. Nah, 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 I can do this. Okay, fine. We all played ourselves. We played 4 and 3 or some shit. We played football. We wanted to play FIFA. They're like, no, nah, you can't play FIFA, man. Like, he doesn't have time for game. We eat in Dominion. We eat in Dominion. No problem. But well, he has time to eat. Don't mind. But he not, the, the part that caught me was, he not said, in between all this, we were like, Jeffrey, you can't understand. You can't understand this because you're not in school yet. That's. By the time you get into school, your whole mindset will change that. He was not trying to prove to me that because he's in university and he's working as some production, whatever, for the church. He's psychologically better that the way I dress, my mentality is different. Like, I don't have time for games no more. So the point here is, guys, like, surround yourself with people that can make you better. People that are not that guy. I I guarantee that was the last time (laughs) he came to my house. That was the last time. No disrespect to my other friends. It's kind of like the George Floyd situation. Y'all saw this nigga talking trash. Nobody said shit. Everybody was like, ooh, yeah, 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 bro. Yeah, that's the girl. Yeah, like. Yeah. So I, I guarantee you that was the last time all of them stepped into my fucking yard. If. I can't count how many times I put over on check. Or how many times Uba put me in check. Yeah. In that moment, if you cannot curry your guy, he is mm-hmm. not your guy. No, your guy. Move the fuck on. No cap. And yeah. I'm getting emotional yeah. now because. I feel you. Yeah, but. I feel yeah, you. I think. Yeah. Um, I want to say something about like having friends that you can. 
I think it's both a bad habit and a good habit of mine. I'm really close to my friends, uh, mostly because I, I think just having that issue, just feeling some type of way, I, I tend to, if we're guys, we're guys. Like, we're guys on a deep level, like, we're family, right? Like, I would go above and beyond yeah, for my guys. And I feel like my guys would go above and beyond for me until the point where, once I feel like, you don't share that sentiment. I'm like, ah, so I, let me fuck up. As me it. It's fuck me up. that didn't. It's not. It's not you. It's not you. It's, it's me that you. didn't understand the I'm narrative that that was there. Like I didn't know what the boundaries were. Now that I know, let me act accordingly. But like, I go above and beyond for my guys because I feel like my guys will go above and beyond for me. And I, I posted something a year ago on my birthday, right? The day after, I talked about what I posted was that like I was like. One of the best thing, best things about my birthday was the fact that every birthday wish came with a thanks for always being there, right? And that meant more to me than everything else. Cause I was just like, just knowing that my guys know that like, once they need me, that I would do what I can. I, I, obviously, I don't always have the capacity. Obviously, I don't always have the. But like, they knew like, you know, that my guy did this, and they can hit me up. I have a friend, man, my bro. BJ will hit me up from Nige, man, and once, once you know, stuff, he's dealing with some stuff, we'll just hit me up and we'll talk, man, and it's Nige, it's not the easiest thing, but, like, we'll talk about certain things, and it's just like, ah, no, Allah, my guy, Sadu, on a regular, we'll talk about, like, it's crazy, man, when I moved to the US, he was like, my guy, a lot of our conversations just sounded like we Yanni smoked that year, but now that, like, yeah, those conversations really changed yeah, us, and I'm like, you don't even understand how we became different people from those random conversations that we had in the corner where we were gisting and stuff, because I don't have friends that are perfect, because first of all, no one's perfect. I've had very flawed guys in my life. I have very flawed friends, but I always had friends who had some kind of sense on their head. I've always liked the way I was able to pick my friends, in that, like, they didn't have to figure that out. We had a lot of shit that we were doing wrong, but we always wanted to be better. We always knew, like, at the end of the day, man, this is what. So, from the way we talked to each other, from the way we related with each other, we changed certain things, man. So, it was always just like, if I don't feel like, I don't need you to be amazing. There are some things that obviously, like, there are no goals. Like, I'm not just going to sit down and you're going to be that person. And it's like, nah, let's do it. Like, we're guys. But for the most part, I don't need you to be a perfect person. I don't need... Because, like, I think that's what people think when they hear surround yourself with people who make you better. Like, ah, I find those rich people. Those people are always talking like they're better than everybody. Nah, I just always... One, wanted people who I knew would have my back day in, day out. And I have your back day in, day out, regardless. I feel clear you in privacy, my guy, no be so. But in public, I'm all... Ride or die together. Do you know what I mean? That moment, you are right. <laughs> Do you understand? Ride or die together. Even in relationships, I won't lie to you, man. I be telling girls that I'm that I'm involved with that, like, if if that nigga trying to, if we get into fights, even if you had one that caused the fight, this guy, are squaring up. But when we go to the house, That's I be like, my guy, yeah, you are very stupid. So it it happens that way. But I think, and here's the flip side to that thing. I think because of that, me personally, and I'm going to speak for myself personally, especially in relationships, I think you tend to commit people to take on more responsibility than they necessarily know that they are ready to take on. In this sense, like, let me use relationships for example, because that's, a, that's where I can go clear cut. I've always tried to be very open and transparent in relationships, right? I keep telling the people that, I, that I'm with that, like, yo... Whatever you are doing that you think is bad, I don't know if I've done well, so for me too, I did do my own foolishness. So we're probably there in the streets together, right? Like I've done some stupid shit, be it um, just like, if you want to go sex-wise, I've always never felt like it makes sense to judge someone for doing things I'm doing. So mm-hmm. all of us, they, if it's drugs, <laughs> I don't want to say shit in case my parents listen, but um, I've had some kind of experience with it and I doubt many people not many people have experienced it at depth at which I've experienced it and come out fine. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Right? If but I've always been transparent with the people that I mean. So they always just knew my demons. Even while I was going through it and we were going through it together and all of that, right? They always just felt like that escape from the problems. It's too much to put on any one person to be responsible to be your escape. Mm-hmm. And they want to because they care for you. And they think that they can because they care for you. Mm-hmm. 
oftentimes one they can't because they don't have the requisite knowledge and the requisite ability to do it mm-hmm. two they have their own demons that they are battling that they don't know how will clash with your own demons when you bring your own demons and people are fighting a legion together and you're not really fighting legion yeah i'm gonna give an example the first girl i dated dated um we were i really broke up with her because i realized that like like it hits me i was like we're terrible for each other right and not that she was terrible for me or I was terrible. We're both terrible for each other. Mm. We were doing a lot of things that we should not have been doing. And that was the height of my experimentation with drugs. And that was the height of her experimentation with drugs. So when I got to a point where I was like, this has to end. And I, but I was struggling to end it. Right? I was looking at my partner who was like, why are you talking about? Why do you need this thing to end? <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 what are you talking Money about? Why shit? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> right, like, okay, right. but did you die? Like, that, do you know what I mean? Like, like, why, why, why here, right? Uh, and I'm just ciao, like, ciao. <laughs> I was like, no, it has to end. But like, but I was struggling to end it too. And she wasn't even in this in the frame of mind where she was like, you know, let's end, like, let this, let this bad habits that we have end. She was fine with the way we were living. I wasn't, but then I couldn't end it because habits you break habits hard right mm-hmm. but it became even increasingly harder because i was with this woman all the time and i was trying to run away from habits that were her daily like daily life mm-hmm. right so how do you break out of that whole thing right and i was just like see i had you know we had had a few conversations here and there i tried a few things and it wasn't happening i was just like see if i stay here the both of us would die mm-hmm. like we would die i have to jump out of this boat now and try to at least swim to safety right and we were doing the same thing to each other where she was my escape and i was her escape and we we're escaping together with drugs but like her problem when a big part of the problem that she had was that her happiness was dependent on me the way mine was dependent on hers mm. so when she found herself unhappy or when i find found myself unhappy it was it had to be because of you because like you're responsible for keeping me happy so if i'm not happy then you have to be at fault do you know what i mean and vice versa and we did that to each other right and i just i took some time to think back and i was like god this is so dangerous like we will kill each other at the end of the day right and going from that into other relationships i realized that like i'm manifesting certain things that i hadn't dealt with properly and you start to realize that come maybe that's too much to put on any one person Maybe that's, that's a lot to put on any one person. So, you know, I want to shout out all the women that have dealt with me over the years. Um, I have a lot of my shortcomings that you have had to put up with. I'm, I'm growing and I'm developing. And, you know, whoever I marry in the future thanks you too. Because, <laughs> 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 because you have suffered for the greater good. <laughs> I think I just want to like emphasize on what Bo Obo and Elm Shola have said because it's very, very, it's, it's something I think about before getting into relationships, but then I still get into relationships. Like every time I'm getting into a relationship, my brain says, Oh, I don't put this person through what you're going through. Don't, don't make this person bear like your whole weight, the whole problems you're uh, holding inside. Yes, the person is saying, yes, I can take it, but still, you know in your heart of hearts that it's not in their, they, they're not capable of um, holding, hold, on yes, way. of just handling everything, mm-hmm. but still, after one relationship, I'm swimming inside another one, mm-hmm. like, it's just, it's really important that if you're going through something, you you try to take the time to think about if I'm going to be in a relationship with someone, do I want to drag this person in with me? Do I, do I want this person to bear the things that I'm bearing right now? The, the whole process that I'm going through right now. And, um, like Ovo said, I really want to, you know, thank the people that have dealt with me, dealt with me in the past because it, it's hard. It's difficult. Shut up. Thank you for your service. Yeah. Just, it really, like, thank you for your service. We appreciate like, you. I, do, I, 
I honestly don't want to drag anybody into my situation, but like I said, it's it's become a habit where it's like, man, I shouldn't be in a relationship right now. But here we are. Move. Nice. We mm-hmm. move. Like, yeah. yeah. It's comfortable. Yeah, it's think, exactly. That's the word. It gets comfortable. Yeah. Yes. I think about that. I think it's not that certain people can't. They, maybe they can't handle it, right? And maybe they are willing to handle it. I just think it's it's you have to be conscious of what you're asking people to do, I mm-hmm. think. So you have to be able to... Because I don't want to put it off to... Yes, everybody needs that personal self-growth before they get into relationships and all of that. But I do think that like a lot of my growth has come from being with certain people who moved me in certain directions. Which is why I'm always like... Which is why I'm thanking you people too. But um, those things, while they play the role, may not, we're not necessarily responsible for the end of the relationship. However, I do think that like you have to be... You have to be consistently conscious of what you're asking people to do and know that, like, okay, like, at this point, maybe this person is trying to be strong for me, but maybe I'm overwhelming them. Maybe mm. I have to take some responsibility mm. now no. and not necessarily put it all on them. So you need people around you who will create that safe space for you to be able to communicate with them, right? And if your partner is giving you all the right channels and being able to be that for you, it's always amazing. I would advise you to, you know, utilize that because one it helps you it helps your relationship get stronger Two, it helps them understand you from a deeper perspective so they kind of can know why you do what they do and how that affects how you and them operate together yeah Uh, but also there's times when you need to be like okay um this particular one or this issue for today am i need to speak to a professional which is why one person cannot be your own or even if it's not even a professional if you need to speak to your other group of friends mm-hmm. do you know what i mean like your your, your close mm-hmm. friends like the, the things that i think you need to, because even just the dynamic of your relationship with that person will play a role in how your mental health is affected so i mean because like no relationship is going to go without any kind of hitch so now you're fighting with them and then you're adding all the other demons that you brought there and everything is boiling up so i think it's good to have several different circles that you can take yourself out of one when you feel like you're overwhelming that person or that group and then you know go into this one and be like okay you know maybe there's certain things that you guys are more equipped to help me with than this other group or this one person is more equipped to help me with than this other person as opposed to just deciding that man nobody can handle me you know like you're not make the stallion (laughs) you know what i mean like relax oh another random remark real quick sorry We've used this word a number of times, and I've I've I've, I've said it to Shola before. I just said it to you randomly as well. The word "owners" that we've been saying, yeah, that's like the only word I think that the word and what you say after it are exactly the same thing. You say the onus is on us. Shola, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what the fuck? Yeah, I just started so. drinking us. <laughs> so you just wait. Just the, good, the good stuff is about to come. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I'm not raising my Okay, so yeah, I think this episode went way better than expected. Uh-huh. We're all open, and as you can see, guys, it's not um, all that this is that's gold. We all have our struggles, and yeah. you may be out there thinking you're alone. Trust me, the earlier you, Ooh, you're yeah. able to. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> the earlier you're able to open up to this, and it's, it gets. It's a bit difficult, but like everything, the first step is always the hardest. But mm-hmm. moving forward, it gets easier. Yeah. And but yeah, it's 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 been a pleasure being, being vulnerable with you lot. And now I know when I can't sleep at three a.m. I'm going to call Shola. I'm like, yeah, you did. Actually, you already so, knew that because mm-hmm. both of you talk about your roommates like they're psychopaths. So, <laughs> no point intended. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's been real. And I think there's a Nigerian code. I'm not sure if it's valid for this. It goes. Na community dog. If you don't understand, over no, translate. Give it to them. Na community dog, they die of hunger pass. Because everybody they assume say another person, person don't give out them. food, make mm. it chop. Mm. So if you don't mm. understand, That's get you in that wisdom. That's wisdom for you. Let me let me let me translate. What he's saying is for our non um pigeon speaking listeners. <laughs> 
what he's or rather sorry he's not pigeon that we should be calling exactly. from our non-nigerian creole english speaking yes nigerian creole nigerian creole english because if you go to if you put like if you speak jamaican patois you put it on your, on your cv that's what you say jamaican creole you won't say patois so nigerian creole and, and really patois is something that's pigeon just yeah. from different countries mm-hmm. yeah so for our non-nigerian creole speaking individuals um what Jeffrey was trying to say is what Jeffrey said. Or what Jeffrey said specifically <laughs> in in uh, English translation is that it's the dog that is owned by, or rather that seems to be owned by the general public in a group that um, used to die of hunger. Because everybody they assume say. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well done. Yeah. Well yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's what you get. Yeah. Why won't you not speak pigeon? That's what you get. Oh yeah, that's perfect. That's the perfect ending. Ah, my people, man, it's been real. Um, yes. This is probably gonna be a two-part episode because yeah. Yeah. Uh, we really just went like two hours yeah. and it was heavy. And I don't, I don't feel like I want to even cut anything out. I feel like I want to just put it out as is. So mm-hmm. I'm going to just break it into twos and. Um, we hope you guys are listening. We hope you guys enjoyed and you guys fuck with us. And uh, until later, it's been Off the Rails. All right, we out. Signing out. Hey, guys. Thank you for listening to the episode and for continuing to support Off the Rail podcast. We really appreciate each and every one of you. We know it was a very he- heavy episode. Mental health and any conversation around it is difficult to adequately navigate but we had to speak from our personal experiences and we hope someone can relate and find some of what we discussed today helpful. If you find that you need help dealing with your mental health, please contact Mentally Aware Nigeria Initiative, Manny, if you're in Nigeria, on the phone number 080-514-93163. And if you're in the United States, contact Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration at 877-726-4727. You can also speak with any other professional of your choice. We love all of you and hope you find the space and strength to tackle these issues, however big or small. Thank you.